Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to Wellness and Waterlust. I can't believe we're 107 episodes in. Time really flies when you're having fun, and I've truly enjoyed this journey with all of you. I'm thrilled to have you join me again this week. This show, if you're not familiar already, is all about exploring new perspectives on how we can create our best lives, and I've had such a blast connecting with our guests and with our listeners over the years. If you're new here, I truly want to welcome you, and I hope you'll stick around. I connected with this week's guest through a dear friend of mine and a longtime listener of the show, Rachel. So Rachel, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for connecting us. I'm pleased to introduce all of you to our guest for this week, Toya Watkins-Bideau, the founder of Understanding Her Worth and author of the upcoming book, Valuable. Toya works with women to help them recognize their value and develop healthier relationships that last. She is such a light, and it was a joy to learn more about her work. In our conversation, Toya shares what inspired her journey to work with women in this way and some of the exercises she leads them through to uncover their worth. She also discusses how we can create better boundaries for ourselves, the prerequisites we should have before entering the next relationship, and why we shouldn't always allow our emotions to take the lead. As a disclaimer, Toya does have a faith-based approach and mentions scripture in this episode. I don't personally belong to the same religion or have the same beliefs when it comes to premarital sex, but I still found our conversation enlightening and am incredibly appreciative of the work that she does. No matter what religious background you come from, you'll still receive some great takeaways from this episode. Our sponsor for today's episode has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because my doctor recommended I start incorporating greens into my morning routine. And I wanted to cut back on some of the many vitamins I take with breakfast. I work in community engagement and PR, so I'm on the go quite a bit and time is a luxury. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I take AG1 every morning before breakfast and it's great for digestion and gut health, energy, and immune health. AG1 is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals. AG1 has high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, and it's a great way to take care of yourself with a busy lifestyle. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com wanderlust. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash wanderlust to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, friends, now on to today's show. Toya, thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Hi, Valerie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I think this is going to be such a fantastic conversation and one that is so needed for so many of us to really be talking about. So before we really dive into that, I'd first love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Well, my name is Toya Watkins-Badeau, and I am an advocate for women in healthy relationships. I grew up in Florida. I'm a Floridian, and so I grew up in a little town called Immokalee, Florida. 
It's on the outskirts of, uh, it's a little migrant town where there are a lot of migrant workers that do field work and stuff like picking tomatoes and growing watermelons and stuff like that. And so I grew up there as a little girl. It's, the town is like near Fort Myers and Naples, like in between Fort Myers and Naples, Florida. And so I grew up there with a single mom. Me and my mother were living there with my grandmother and my grandfather. My mom was single and my dad was in my life. My dad lives in Fort Lauderdale, which is where I was actually born. But he was, you know, he did the best he could to be in. He made sure that he was in my life as much as possible. So yeah, I went to school in Immokalee as a younger girl. And then I came to Fort Lauderdale to live with my dad a little, but I ended up, I finished school in Immokalee. And um, that's where I had my daughter, my first daughter at a young age. And uh, yeah, having my daughter so young is what kind of sparked me to realize later on in life um, that, you know, single moms having kids so young can really, you know, make a, an effect on the lives of, of, of the, the young girl having the kids. So, you know, that's kind of what started my journey to get to where I am here. Well, that's fantastic. I think that single moms, I think moms in general are truly superheroes. I, I really do. And everything that our moms can, you know, that the, that our moms do for us can be so incredibly impactful in our lives. So raising a daughter at a young age, I'm sure that there was a lot then from that experience that you were able to impart on her as well. Yeah. Yeah. I had her like in a very, I was a teenager. And, um, but thank God I was not like a clubber to be out and about. And, and my daughter tells me this all the time. She's like, mom, I'm so glad that you were pretty much responsible. I was a teenager, but I had a love for her. You know what I mean? And then later on, mm-hmm. I had a set of twins, you know? And oh, yeah. I went from one to three, you know? And I was like 19 at the time uh, when the twins came around. I was about 19 years old. And I remember being in the you know, I was getting so big as I was going to do the ultrasound, the doctor wanted me to do an ultrasound. So I was so big and she was like, okay, we need to see why you're getting, gaining so much weight. And I couldn't believe it when they did the ultrasound, it was <laughs> heads there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I went from one to three. I was in shock, you know? Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, it's a lot being a single mom. It really takes a lot of work, you know, and it's not easy. It's really not easy. So yeah. And I'd love to know because I would imagine that your experience as a single mom really inspired a lot of what you're doing today as an advocate for women, especially. And I'd love to know a little bit more about that journey and what kind of led you to becoming that advocate. Yeah, absolutely. Having the kids really young, having the kids so young and just seeing what happened was I You know, I was in a few relationships with my oldest daughter's dad, and then I met the twins' dad, and I had the twins, and I was in and out of a few unhealthy relationships at such a young age. And what really got me into this particular thing of being an advocate for women is seeing so many other women, young and even older, singing the same song that I was singing, the same sad song about unhealthy relationships. Why is this not working? The cheating. It was just really, really crazy. You know, everywhere I went, I was hearing this same thing, you know, 95% of the women were singing the same song. And so I was in and out of these few relationships over the years. And when I got to be in my thirties and I was like, that's when I was like, wow, you know, so many things happened. And 
something happened. I was at church one day and I heard a guest speaker, pastor say something. He said, your purpose is something that you love or something that you hate. And I thought that really, really touched me. It's like something that you love or hate, because really, when you think about purpose, you think that your purpose is something that you love, right? Something that you But when he said your purpose is something that you love or hate, I was like, what does he mean? And what he meant was your purpose being something you love or hate. If it's something that you hate, it's something that you have to make the changes in. It just like it's something sparked in me when he said that. I said, I hate it being in unhealthy relationships and I hate it seeing other women in them too. So it's like from that day to this one, oh my gosh, it's like God has really been just like working and I've been so inspired. You know, I started this woman's empowerment group at my church because my church offered like different connect groups and stuff. And so I started this woman's empowerment group. And when I tell you the tears and the stories just flooded in, you know, and it was just really amazing how God is working with me through this too, because I've created so many different things and so many different avenues to help women. God allowed me to create this wheel, almost like the wheel of fortune. He allowed me to create this wheel that has different words on it as it pertains to different issues when it comes to relationships. And uh, my cousin, who's a pastor, wanted to borrow it. I spoke at a church. I was a guest speaker at a church and the pastor wanted to borrow it. And someone said, you got to get this thing patented before somebody takes it, you know? So just seeing other women experience the same thing that I was experiencing is really what got me to this point. I love what that pastor said too, because you really don't think about that. You think, well, what is it that lights me up that I love to do that makes me happy? But a lot of times we're happy fighting against the thing that we hate or that we, you know, the adversity we experienced or that we've seen others experience. So I think, I think especially in the wellness community, you see so much of the love and light. And I think everything we do in a sense should come from that love and that place of wanting to help. But at the same time, I've also seen that sometimes, you know, when you get angry about something and it's like, Hey, this is something that really fires me up that I don't want to see this happen to anybody else. That is just as powerful sometimes as inspiration. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's so important, you know, to just not see yourself, but to see others too, to want to help other women, to help other people, you know, and and I'm an advocate for women because I think the guys need to help the guys out, which is okay to help. Everybody can help each other. But my thing is just advocating for women. And a lot of people think when I tell, like, I tell, when I tell someone I'm writing a book, if I tell a guy or like I told one of my doctors, I'm writing a book for women, they automatically think I'm bashing men. And it's so not true. It's, I believe that men will might, might love the book more than women because I believe I'm equal opportunity. You know, I speak the truth and it's not always the men. Sometimes it's us, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's really something I'm telling you. It's really, really, it's really exciting. It's really, really, this is so, such a passion for me. And then just understanding your purpose, you know, I was uh, going through so much like in my current relationship with my husband and um, I was like, God, I need you to show me what, what it is, what is going on here. Show me what my purpose is because I worked for a bank. I worked for Citibank almost 15 years and there will be times when I would, you know, be frustrated with the job and I would say, God, I need you to show me what it is that I'm supposed to be doing because this is not it. God showed me, but it took a lot of prayer and a lot of patience. 
And I know for sure, 100 percent that the, the things that I went through in relationships is to help women to 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 better their themselves and to better their situations in relationships and to enter healthy relationships and to exit toxic ones. You know, I know for sure that this is my purpose. I really love that because I think there's something so challenging when we know that we have something, there's something more that's out there for us. There's something else we could be doing. And I've had times where I'm thinking, well, what legacy am I leaving by doing whatever it is? Not, Not even necessarily in my career at my particular company, but just other than increasing profits or whatever, you know, strategic goal. It's like, well, what, what am I doing? How, how is this actually making a difference? What purpose is this going toward? And so to understand that and to be able to help, because I also think for women in toxic relationships, A, I think we weren't taught about a lot growing up that, that is toxic. I think we understand that, you know, October, for example, being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we understand maybe the physical signs, but a lot of times there's emotional abuse, mental yes. abuse, the types of conversations we're having with our partners or the things that they're doing that may seem a little bit more like that gray area, or we may be taught to doubt ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that can be so isolating. So to be able to create community and bring women together to really start to unpack that and start to uncover, well, I'm worth so much more than than what I'm getting and to kind of let them see that. Yeah, it's true. It's so, you're so right. Yeah, just like, it's not just like, like you're saying about your job. You want to make sure that you're doing not just a job, but doing what it was that you were born to do. And I had a pastor that was at the church, uh, my former church, and he said, there are two important days in your life. The day you're born and the day that you find out why you were born. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so good. That is so true. Because so many of us float around, you know, just working jobs and and, and we don't, we're not fulfilling the purpose because when you find the purpose in which God placed you on this earth for, it's not like you're really working. It's something that you're going to love. So yeah, that's very important. Purpose is finding your purpose. That's each individual's job to find their purpose. Absolutely. Do you have any tips for kind of what we can do to start to uncover that for ourselves a little bit more? Prayer. Believe Mm -hmm. it or not, prayer was mine because I know that God allowed me to go through some unhealthy, toxic relationships. And while I was in the midst of some of them, I did a lot of praying. And I would ask God, I mean, I mean, I did like two years of praying to get to, to this particular point here where I'm, where I know what my purpose is. It took a lot of praying and trusting God. And sometimes you just have to meditate. I believe that prayer, just really setting aside some time each day to really pray and focus on God. And sometimes you just have to be quiet. You know, it's not just about like, God, give me this. Oh God, give me this. Give me that. Give me that. You pray, but you have to be quiet because God is, from my understanding, a still quiet spirit. And so prayer, I believe, is what will get a lot of people through a lot of challenges. And me finding my purpose took a lot of prayer and just trusting God and getting into his word, you know, because everything is in the word. That makes sense too, because I think we have so much, there's so much noise around us, like 
actual physical noise, but then also just that mental chatter going on. And I think it can be really hard sometimes to really get quiet with ourselves and be receptive to what might be there for us. So I I love that. For you, I think one of the amazing things that you do with your work is you're helping women find value in themselves. And I think this is something so many of us struggle with at different points in our lives. We go, go, go. We're doing, you know, we wear so many different hats, but I don't think we give ourselves the credit. We don't always find that value. So what do you recommend for women? Like how can they find that value within themselves? To find the value in yourself, it also starts with God. Everything really starts with God. We must know and believe that he created us first of all, because he's the manufacturer and he knows us better than we know ourselves. So um, let me give you a scripture. Proverbs 31.10 breaks it down to a science. Proverbs 31.10. There are two sentences in this scripture. The first one says, who can find a virtuous wife? And then the second one says, for her worth is far above rubies. Okay, so let's talk about who can find a virtuous woman. So for a long time, I thought that that scripture was talking to the men. So for now, let's just say it's talking to the women, right? Who can find a virtuous woman? So the key word is virtuous. The key word is virtuous. And when you look up the word virtuous, there are so many excellent things that come from that word, right? Virtuous is excellence. You know, it's doing things right. It's doing things that are aligned with what is right, which is righteousness. So to find a virtuous woman, this woman, she did so many things. We're not expected to do all these things. She was good to her husband. She worked. She had so many things. She took care of her children. She just did everything right. So we're not expected to do everything that she did, but the characteristics of what she did is where we should be. And so let's talk about, that's the virtuous woman. It says her price is far above rubies. So you know what I did? I went and I looked up rubies because I wanted to find out about these rubies, right? I went to the library. I Google search. I have some encyclopedias here at the house. I wanted to find out about this this virtuous woman and these rubies, right? This is what I found. I looked it up and it said, sold for 14 points, so many million dollars in 2016, the Jubilee Ruby. And so I said, wow, 15.99 carats is said to be the most expensive colored gemstone ever sold at an auction in the U.S. I'm sorry, 14.2 million, which equates to $885,000 per carat. So can you imagine if we get to the point where we're doing what God says by being virtuous women, that's when our value goes, it skyrockets. It's just about doing what we know is right. Right. And so it's just, it's really, really crazy when you think about it. So we just have to find the value in ourselves by seeking God and by following his word. It's simple as that, you know, it's just as simple as that. Just seeking God and trusting what his word has already predetermined about our value as women. He's already said that we're our, our worth is far above rubies. It's up to us to, to activate it, you know? So we either activate it or deactivate our worth with our actions. That makes sense. And I think with virtuous too, I mean, because obviously in biblical time, it's 
very long time ago. And so society looks a little bit different. But I think the the intent behind it is the same doing things that are in alignment with what's right for you when you're trying to do good for the world and going above and beyond like excellence. We always had this joke at our university because our former president, one of our like core values was excellence. And it was always defined as going above and beyond. And they would refer to it as and then some. And so he would say and then some quite a bit. And so that's what I always think of with excellence is kind of tying that to that virtue that you're going above and beyond you're doing and then some or whatever that is and for the greater good for for the world. So I do think that, yeah, when we are putting our best selves forward, we can attract because it is you, you are kind of the sum of the people around you as well. And so when we're putting something positive forward, then hopefully we are attracting something positive as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like with social media, we have so much. The thing is, is whoever gets the most followers, whoever gets, whether it's something good, whether it's something bad, whether it's a favorite song or whatever. But what we have to do, I believe, is we have to stop following the negative trends and create positive trends and allow them to follow us. You know, so many people get on the on the bandwagon where, okay, it's a good song, it's a good artist, and it's just, you know, so I'm going to follow this. But we have to create more positive trends and have those people to follow us. So I believe it's just, it's, it's just getting off the negative trend and on to better and healthier trends, you know? Yeah. I mean, certainly opening up any of those apps and seeing the negativity right at the top. I mean, it's, we can curate our, you know, what we're going to see in there and it would be beautiful if we're not on social media all the time, but it is something a lot of us are drawn to. And so at least if we can make it a more positive place with what we're putting out there and with what we're putting onto our feeds and not following what might make us either feel bad about ourselves or might be putting something negative into the world that we don't want to support. I mean, that's that's so huge. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. And like you said, it's so easy to just because that's the way the world is now. Everything is in social media, but I just love it when I see people trying to put positive stuff. You know, you see a lot of positive stuff too. I would say you see about maybe 30% of positivity. And so it's all about the individuals. So in terms of, you know, we're looking to find that value in ourselves. And I think so often when it comes to those unhealthy relationships, we're not even really sure because they don't start out a certain way. We again like i think we've been, we've been trained where we see some red flags but a mm-hmm. lot of things we think that either maybe we've been gaslit and so we think we're going crazy and that this isn't happening or you just don't know right away or it's crept up so gradually that you're just not aware so in terms of those unhealthy romantic relationships what are some of the red flags that you see and just some things we could be keeping in mind as we're trying to pay attention to that and trying to see, hey, is is this relationship still serving me? Right. So about unhealthy relationships, what we have to realize first is um, in the beginning, it always seems like he's the one. It's going to always mm-hmm. seem like 
seem like he is the one because anything new is exciting, right? Anytime you see something new, think about when you get a new, uh, a new outfit or a new hairstyle or, you know, anything new is exciting and, and it doesn't change when it comes to relationships. And so with me, it's always putting God first, you know, asking and praying and asking God, Lord, don't let me get into a relationship that's not healthy for me. Don't let me get into a situation that's not pleasing in your sight. So I'm always saying put God first. But in order to avoid these things, you have to understand that dating does not mean personal intimacy. And I think that that is where the big problem comes in, you know, because the world, when you look at the movies and you look at everything, you know, someone, a couple will start dating and two weeks later, they've already been intimate, you know, sexually. So I think um, when you become intimate so quickly, things change. But as a woman, I think that we have to make up in our mind that intimacy is not a part of dating and guarding your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. You have to guard your heart while you're dating. That means not allowing your feelings and your emotions to take the lead. And that's very difficult. That can be very difficult to do when you're attracted to somebody, but you got to realize that your feelings and your emotions have no intellect. So that's why you really have to know how to have emotional clarity. You have to know how to control those emotions and you have to be strong enough to walk away when you know that the person is not right because sometimes we allow our emotions to get us in and we're already hooked before the month is out you were already head over heels in love i've been there you know you have to know how to control your emotions and sometimes you have to walk away when the person's not right for you and like i said avoiding sex before marriage is a big plus because i think a lot of guys are looking for women who they can't conquer in 30, 60, or 90 days, you know, because I know we've had this 30, 60, 90 day rule as women, some of us, but that doesn't really work either. You have to get to a point where, you know what, I'm saving myself for the man who is qualified and ready to respect and honor me in marriage. And then you have to make sure that you're also ready for him as well, you know, and you have to make sure you're compatible. You have to make sure you're compatible because you know, you may hear somebody say, oh my gosh, Valerie, you make such a good couple with Derek or whoever, but you know yourself, you don't have anything in common. You guys have nothing in common. You look together, you look good together as a couple, but you have zero in common. So, so yeah. Well, I know for me, like I had, I had someone on the show earlier this year where we talked about sex and love addiction mm-hmm. and how it kind of ties into our dating world today. Mm-hmm. And even just like the level of intimacy and some of like the text messages that come out right away and then jumping into bed with someone immediately that it does create this false sense of closeness between the people where you're willing to overlook things that are not okay. And so whether you're waiting till marriage or maybe you're not, but you want to be more intentional, I think jumping into all of that, it can definitely cloud your own judgment because we do get those feel good hormones that pop up that make us think certain things and make us overlook certain things. And you said it. That's why we're so confused. Sex is a bond that was created for a man and a wife alone. 
So yeah, it's tough. It's really, really tough. That's a tough one. Well, I think, you know, what you said too about just not letting your feelings and emotions take the lead with everything. And that with that, you know, you lose that clarity a little bit and it can be really easy to, again, like overlook things that may be red flags in a relationship because, well, he he's really cute. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'd love to know a little bit more too about something that you talk about when you're helping women to kind of uncover that value and develop health your relationships. I think boundaries are a really important thing that many, especially women struggle with because we want to be everything to everyone. What can we do in our lives to create better boundaries? Okay. So that's a really good question. I'm so glad you asked me that because that's where my book comes in. The book is based on 20 prerequisites, right? So what is a prerequisite? Well, most college graduates know what a prerequisite is. A prerequisite is something that has to take place before something else can happen. And so prerequisites are not just for college graduates. They're for life. And so the book has 20 prerequisites and the prerequisites are what helps the women to, let me give you an example. The first prerequisite is to put God first, right? The second prerequisite is to find, acknowledge, and address the core issues. So before anyone can get into a healthy relationship with another individual, they need to be healthy themselves. And so that person needs to, you know, we go through so many things in childhood. There's child molestation. There may have been a rape that took place. There may be, they may have been a, a uh, a woman that was in an abusive relationship. There are so many different traumas that uh, women may have faced prior to meeting this guy. And if those traumas are unhealed, you're going to struggle. You know, I always say in math, half and half equals a whole, but in relationships, half and half makes a mess because you have to be whole and complete within yourself before you can get into a good relationship with anybody else. And so one of the prerequisites is to create healthy boundaries in all your relationships. You have to create boundaries and creating those boundaries goes for everyone. You know, like if you're dating, you have to say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. You know, you have to create boundaries. Boundaries are so healthy as it pertains to relationships because without them, there's no line drawn to say, okay, this is where I draw the line. This is where I stop. And so it's very good to create these prerequisites. The prerequisites help you to draw the line and to create boundaries. So it's important. I think about Barack and Michelle. They had a movie, you know, they have books and stuff. And she was talking in her book, Becoming, how Barack was attracted to her, but she wasn't really attracted to him. And I watched a movie with them and she said, what do you think he was really after her? And she said, well, what do you think people are going to think if I'd start dating the first cute guy that comes to the office, you know? And he was like, oh, you think he's cute, you know? So she was able to put her feelings aside, deactivate her feelings and activate her intellect. So she created a boundary at first because she needed to get to know who he was, you know? So you have to do that. It's so very important. Yeah. Without boundaries, it's, it's like basically anything goes. Even as adults, we have so many set boundaries in life. It's something as simple as a red light or a stop sign that if you ignore it, you know, it could cause an accident or death. So even as adults, we have, you know, rules to abide by and boundaries to be set. I love the example of Barack and Michelle too, because they're like the ultimate 
power couple and yeah. you know just <laughs> I that that is one couple I do follow you know I follow them both on social media and just seeing like the love that they have for each other whenever they post about one another and their family it's like just so beautiful and like the support they have for one another. Barack cannot be the only good guy, okay? There's gotta be some good guys out here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I remember someone saying uh, a couple was arguing and I think the guy said to her, well, why can't you be more like Michelle? Why can't, telling this girlfriend, why can't you be more like Michelle? And he told him, when you become like Barack, I'll be like Michelle. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, it's great. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> So tell me a little bit more about the group that you, you know, through, through your church and the groups that you've led, kind of what comes up in those groups and some of the practices that we can take just to, to bring these positive relationships into our lives and to heal from the toxic ones. So what happened is with the groups, what I would do is we would meet every Saturday and I would have like an agenda. We would talk about who we are as women, what it takes to be the woman that God created you to be. We would talk about current relationships, prior relationships, and future relationships. And so, so many different things would come up, you know, in these classes. And it's just, I mean, it, bring, it brought tears to my eyes to just see the women and the stories just flood in, you know, just like it was just amazing. So what we would do is we would just sit and talk and give each other advice. And then I would have them answer questions. You know, how was your childhood? Because really, you really do have to look at your childhood and the things that you've experienced in your past. Because if those things were not settled, a lot of times you can bring the hurt the anger and the pain into your relationship, into your romantic relationship. And so we would just talk about, oh my gosh, just so many different things. Like I had one girl that was really hurt because she started dating a guy and she was saying that the guy started dating another girl. He let her know that she's been my friend and she and I are going to start dating or whatever. And she was so hurt. And when I tell you, I stayed like a little extra after just you know, talking to her and just telling her, listen, sometimes when you lose a guy, you think you're losing the world, but sometimes that's your biggest blessing. And when you're in a relationship with someone, you have to realize that it doesn't work. It's because God has something much better for you. And that's why it's tough when you allow your emotions to come in and just take over. You know, you really have to make sure that you guys are compatible oh my gosh, we could just go in circles. We would just go in circles. And she was, you know, she was really upset, but it was just like really, really breathtaking just to hear so many women with different struggles. I had a lady that came in that she was in love with her husband, but she found out something about him and she started drinking and she became an alcoholic. And oh my gosh, it was just crazy. Some of the stories, you know, and so we prayed. I actually created a game board, which I'm going to try to publish here soon as well. But so many good things came out of it. You know, the women really seem to enjoy just being able to come in and talk about what their struggles are and what they're going through and what they want and what they expect, you know? I think that's so important to be looking at what's going on now, but also well, what led up to this point or what is it that you want in the future? Because as I get older, mm -hmm. not just necessarily with relationships, but with every area of my life, I'm realizing how much 
my childhood and early experiences have shaped who I am now for the better and sometimes for the worst, like in relationships for sure. I've had, as I've learned about these attachment styles and that when we have those insecure attachment styles where either you're having the anxious attachment or, or the avoidant, which I've, I've fallen into both at different times and uncovering the fact that, Hey, my, my own childhood, while I think it was a great childhood, there are traumas in my life and traumas that I experienced as I got older as well, that shaped some of the issues I might have later on, whether that's romantic or just other areas of my life, but really being able to talk through that, because I also think the power of meeting with a group like this is that there are similarities between everybody there and there are some differences and having a supportive group where somebody might hear your story and think, well, actually, have you ever thought about such and such? Or do you think maybe that such and such is what shaped what's going on for you now? And they just give you that different perspective that you might not have. Yeah. It's true. Having unresolved issues is the second prerequisite in the book. You have to deal with your past. You have to deal, you have to be able to settle your past. You have to be able to forgive people for hurt. You have to be able to really let go of past traumas because if you don't, you will just bring it right into your current relationship and even letting go of past relationships. Sometimes one person might be in love and the other person's not. And the person who's in love, you know, maybe they were left by a boyfriend and they, Sometimes people just go into the next relationship just to try to suppress the feelings from the last relationship. And that's not healthy either because the feelings are still there. You're just doing something to kill the time, you know? So so many different things that happen and everybody's individualized, you know, but I think there's also a few common mistakes that we have, a few things that we have in common as far as making mistakes as women. What would you say those mistakes are? I would think rushing in too fast and not understanding your worth, not understanding how valuable you are as a woman, not understanding what God has already predetermined in his word about your value as a woman. Proverbs 31 10 says we're valuable, but who can find her? Because I think a lot of women are out there, but they don't even understand, you know, like sometimes I'll go to doctor's appointments or I'm somewhere and I always talk to women. And the first question I ask them is, do you know how valuable you are? And, um, most of them, some will say yes, but for the most part, they look like they're confused. Like, what is she talking about? You know? And then there, that's where I start the conversation. And remember I told you about the pins. I showed you the pins before I give them a pin. I tell them when you get ready to go on a date, think about this pin, think of this pin as your value pretend it's a real diamond. You have to understand how valuable you are before anyone else can really see the value. Well, sometimes people will see the value in you in you before you do, but as a woman, you need to see the value in yourself first. So important. Absolutely. I even think about when many of my friends, when they've gone through breakups and they're talking about the guy and I'm thinking like, and, and it's the end of the world, right? But at the same time, I'm like, that guy was not that great. He's actually losing out on something really fantastic. And so many people just don't see it for themselves. And I'm sure there are men as well. I mean, I don't want to beat up on them too, too much, but a lot of times it is like where I'm thinking, no, actually, girl, you dodged a bullet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's so true. Wow. It's amazing. I'm telling you, it can really be amazing. Yeah. 
Well, I would love to know too, because you mentioned, um, you mentioned this wheel that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about that wheel? Like what's on it and kind of what comes up? It's just like the Wheel of Fortune. I need to send it to you. It has actually went to Home Depot and I got a spinner. I had them to give me something that would make the wheel spin. And um, it has wisdom. The words are wisdom. You can basically create your own words or whatever, but I have wisdom. I have hurt. I have respect, love, prayer, trust, values. I'm going to send you a copy of it. And I have sex. Sex is in a different color because that's a whole nother realm. It's in black and white. Everything else is in color. I'm going to send you a picture of it a little bit later on. But what I do is I put the I put the little nails on there and spin the wheel. And whatever we land on is what we talk about. If we land on woman, and I would ask the women, so what, what does it mean to be a woman for you? What does it mean to be a woman? And I would go around the room and the women would amazingly all give me different, some similar, but different reasons as to what it means. It's a really a conversation wheel. It really is, you know, and values. What does the word value mean for you as a woman? So they would all come up with different scenarios and it's just pretty amazing. I love that because I, I also think with those, I mean, so many of these words, we might have slightly different definitions for what they mean to us and that's totally okay, but we also want to find men that that feel the same way we do when, yeah, when we're thinking about, you know, what those values look like or what does respect look like or can we align on those things or is that going to look just so radically different that we're not going to be compatible so th- those are great topics to to have on there and what a cool and that adds some fun to it too. I'm sure people get excited to just having a wheel spinning yeah. as always. And, <laughs> yeah. And then I put sing on there. I put sing and then I put music. So if we land on sing, I'll be like, okay, you want anybody want to sing a song or <laughs> or play some music or whatever, just to make it fun, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it can get tough sometimes because so many of these topics, I think you can start out not exactly on a superficial level, but you can start out by, you know, more just defining, well, this means this to me. But then the more you start to hear, you know, someone starts to tell their story and the more you start to dive into these topics, I think it's very vulnerable and it can get really deep and really, you know, you're having important conversations, but I'm sure with the vulnerability, it's kind of nice to lighten the mood as well with a little bit of song and a little bit of, yeah, to kind of mix it up a little bit. Although I have fun with, I have fun with that type of thing. I was joking with someone recently. They were like, what podcast episode did you have? And I'm like, oh, it was generational trauma. It was a really fun episode. Uh They're like, really? And I'm like, well, I guess it's maybe not that fun to experience, but it was like, you know, I enjoy having those conversations, but yeah, I think, I think adding some levity to it, whether it's, you know, spinning the wheel, singing, doing something like as a group, I, I think that, I think that really adds to it. And I, I think that there's such a power in coming together and supporting one another and having that community. It is when you find somebody else that is going through exactly what you're going through and then it helps you not feel like, okay, so I'm not the only one going through this. So yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, I want to ask you a little more about your resources and the book that you have coming out. But before I do that, I would love to switch gears a little bit and ask you a few rapid fires as well, just for the listeners to get to know you too. Okay. Wonderful. Well, my first question for you, what would you say is your top wellness tip? Putting God first. That is definitely the number one, putting God first. And what does that look like for you? 
So in the morning, I get up early. I go by Matthew 6.33, and it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else will be added unto you. So that's what I do every morning. Every single morning, I get up, I come to my prayer wall, and sometimes I just sit there. When I was going through a lot, I would just sit there sometimes and cry. I would just sit there and say, God, I don't know why I'm going through this or whatever, but I need your help, you know? Seeking God first daily is so important. And he tells you right there in his words, seek me first and I'm going to give you everything you need. I think that spiritual wellness is so important and something we often neglect and just giving yourself that space to to be receptive. And yeah. Now on a completely different note, where is your favorite travel destination? I went to Hawaii in 2015 and I absolutely loved it. I have a son that stationed my twin boy is stationed in Hawaii. And I climbed this mountain called Cocoa Head Mountain. Oh my gosh, I want to go back there. I love it. Hawaii. Honolulu, Hawaii. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> it is on my list. <laughs> yes. Go. Make sure you go. It's yes. good. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 I Definitely. Once I can get a little more vacation time in a row um, for the flight times, I would love, love, love to yeah. to go out there. I think everybody should. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I would have to say probably an eagle because I think they, they soar above. They can see so much stuff. They can stay out of the... <laughs> I don't think they soar too high where the planes are, but I think eagle would be definitely the animal that I would choose to be and eat. I like that. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Definitely acting. I would love to be on the big screen. I pray sometimes, like, God, I want to be on the big screen before my final day here on earth. (laughs) Well, you will make it happen. That's awesome. What is next on your bucket list? The next thing on my bucket list for now is the book release event the book release event. And then after this, I want to write another book, probably do a self-help book about this same topic. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? So what I'm doing is I'm trying to get a hundred women together and uh, we're going to meet at a hotel and I'm creating a show. I want to have some acting, everything to do with a woman's worth. And I want to have a little bit of acting, a couple bad relationships, how to get into good relationships music and Q&A probably for the last hour. I want to be able to answer questions for the women. I want them, I'm going to have like a a box and as they sit, the box will be there for them to put their private because a lot of stuff is private. You may not want to stand up and say whatever, whatever, but I want to do Q&A and I have a couple of doctors that I'm going to invite that can help me. And I have a pastor. My cousin is a pastor. So We'll just be answering questions. That sounds like such an amazing event and something that is just so needed. And what a great way, what a beautiful way to bring women together to help us find that value within ourselves. So I absolutely love that. This has been such a lovely conversation. I've so enjoyed talking with you and hearing a little more of your story and how you help these women to really uncover what it is about themselves that makes them special, that helps them to find that relationship that is the one that's going to be fulfilling for them. So I think that what you're doing is so, so inspiring. Can you tell us where can listeners find you at Connect and anything that that you would like them to know about about your work? Well, I'm currently working on my social media presence because I know you can't do much without social media. So I do have an Instagram page and it's at her expectations. So it's 
at her expectations um, on Instagram. And then I have a personal email. Well, actually, I use it for my business email. It's Latoya68wept, like as in cry, W-E-P-T. Latoya68wept at yahoo.com. And also, they can go on my Amazon author page. I've actually authored two children's books. But of course, you know, my passion is this book that's coming up next, which is titled Valuable. And they can go to amazon.com slash author slash understanding her worth. And they'll see my information there. They can uh, follow me there. Follow me on Instagram. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Wonderful. I'll make sure to link all that in the show notes. And I will definitely have them check out your Amazon page. Just for, for those who have children too, definitely check out the children's books as well. But once your book comes out too, we'll definitely be sharing with the listeners and letting them know to check it out and to find out what are the other prerequisites as well that we didn't get into today. So I'm so excited for that and for everything you're doing. I just want to say again, thank you for coming on and for sharing with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. Thank you. I am so excited for Toya's book to launch soon and can't wait to learn about the other prerequisites for a strong and healthy relationship. I truly appreciate that Toya's work comes from a place of love and care, and I know that she's making a difference in the lives of a lot of women out there. I loved having the opportunity to connect with her and learn more of her story, and I hope you'll connect with her too. I've linked Toya's information in the show notes. Be sure to check out her author page to follow along and to check out her children's books as well. And of course, give her a follow on Instagram. As always, I say it every single week, but I want to thank you for tuning in and sharing this part of your day with me. Please feel free to reach out to me if you have a topic you'd like us to explore or a guest that you have in mind. My Instagram handle is wellness and wanderlust blog. You can also email me at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at wellnessandwanderlust.net. One of the best ways you can lend your support to the show is to leave a rating and review on whatever app you're listening on. It helps other people find the show better and it lets us know what you think. So if you find yourself tuning in regularly, I would really love to hear your thoughts. I hope you all have a fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you next time.